Great, thank you. Thank you, Natalie, for that introduction. Um, it's great to be here um, again in the fourth in our series on Abraham. Abraham, as we know, is, is a man of faith, and uh, it's a great opportunity to look again at sort of different dimensions of faith and how that um, works out in our lives. So I've really enjoyed um, just preparing for today, and I hope that I can uh, communicate to you some of the things that I believe God has been sharing to me. Uh, talking to me about. So some of the things about faith, let's, um, I've got a little picture maybe, introduce faith. Okay, so if you can see this, this is um, one of my grandchildren a few years ago, completely horizontal in the air, leaping off uh, Martello Tower at uh, Bodium Castle, complete trust, complete faith in his father that's going to catch him. If he knew his father as well as I did, I might not be quite so confident. Jason's quite likely to be looking the other way and he jumps off like that. But complete faith, complete trust in what his father was going to do for him. Second picture. This is a story that many of you know. This guy, Blondin, this is 1860, I think, here fixed up a tightrope across Niagara Falls um, from one side to the other. And he was a, a real showman, this guy. He would sort of go backwards and forwards. When apparently the story is once he carried a cooker on his uh, back and in the middle of Niagara Falls sort of stopped on his tightrope, cooked himself an egg and then carried on, you know. One time he even had a wheelbarrow. So he filled this wheelbarrow up with potatoes and pushed it all the way across Niagara Falls and you can imagine the crowd were just going wild when they saw this guy doing all these tricks going back and forward. So he said to them, do you think that I could push a man across for Niagara Falls in that wheelbarrow? And of course the crowd was saying, yes, you could do it, you could do it. So then the next question you can imagine was, well, who'd be the man to come and sit in the wheelbarrow? And I think the story is that actually no one came forward and sat in the wheelbarrow. Um, you know, that's really when you've got faith on display, isn't it? So what is faith? What is faith for us? I've been so encouraged by the worship today because I think it's helped us to think through some of the ways that God looks at us. For, for me, faith is when we believe and put our trust in who God is and the promise he's made to us. We can look at people like Abraham and you know, a great man of faith and these big things that he seemed to have done. But for most of us, faith is a daily choice. When I wake up in the morning, when things are not good, what is my choice? It's my choice to believe that God is for me, that God is good, that I am a child of God. Or is my choice to look at my circumstances and to say, oh, this is all rubbish. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. And actually, for me, walking by faith is when we make those daily choices to look to God to recognise what he says about us, the promises he's given us, and to claim, us for those, for claim those for each day. And, you know, I'd never like to say that's easy. I know many of you, sorry, even as I look out, struggling with horrendous things, things that are so difficult. And those sorts of choices are really difficult to make, but they're choices that we must make. Even as we had in the worship there, God reminding us who we are to look at ourselves as God looks at us. And actually, that's the choices we need to make each day as we walk by faith. We're loved sons and daughters of the King. He is for us. He promises to bless us and to give us hope and a future. 
And often that will be in spite of the circumstances which can seem difficult. We live in a world, don't we, where things change so quickly. Even in my short lifetime, um, we've seen a range of events, you know, things like the Berlin Wall. And overnight, it seemed like the relationship between East and West was changed. I know we seem to be going back a little bit uh, towards uh, some of the more Cold War days, but all of a sudden, change comes. Ten years ago, I think it was, when the banking crisis happened, the banks kind of all fell apart. Those things you thought were just so stable and part of what we do, it all changed overnight. As someone was reminding me at the moment, you know, we've got Trump and North Korea facing off each other at the moment. How's that going to work out? Let alone, you know, Brexit, let alone um, rising extremism, climate change. There's so much in our world that's uncertain, isn't there? And for me, you know, on a personal level, you know, I'm fortunate. I have really have the, the great support of my wife day by day. But I know there could come a day when she's not there. I can't place all my hope on her, or maybe I'll go first. But, you know, one way or another, one of us is going to be on our own, isn't there? You know, actually, that can't be where my trust lies. Financial security. I don't feel too badly off. But then, you know, I have a note from my pension fund provider that the, the firm that pays my... Pr- pension is having trouble they may not be able to top it up in the way that they did before what's that actually going to mean my health is okay at the moment but we know don't we we're only one visit to the doctor from away from being you know cast down and in all going horribly wrong none of this stuff actually is enduring things change so quickly it's hard to rely on what we knew 10 years ago is going to be the same in the future And in the face of that, actually, God is the one who is unchanging. He is the one who is totally reliable. We can put our faith and trust in him. And I don't know, it's just, as I've just been preparing, I just really felt God just emphasizing that to me more and more. We don't see him, and yet we know him. And what we know is that he is the unchanging one. He is the reliable one. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. His promises to us are more certain, more true than anything else in this world. Walking by faith, not by sight. It means actually we walk according to the promises of God and what he says to us, not by those tangible things that we see around us and deal with. And as we look at faith in the Bible, we see different people had different levels of faith, You know, he said to the disciples at one point when they were trying to uh, cast some demons out of people, well, actually it was because they didn't have very much faith. And yet there was another guy, a centurion, who, you know, Jesus healed uh, his servant from a distance. And he said, I've never seen faith like this. People can grow in faith. And what we're going to be looking at today is one of the tests of faith that came to Abraham. Why would God test faith? Because actually, it's as test- faith is tested So it grows, so it becomes stronger, and so we become more able to take control, to take, sorry, take control, take hold of the promises that God has for us. So let's read the the passage that we have today, which is from Genesis uh, chapter 22, and we're going to start at the first verse. After these things, 
God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Some of you might not even know this story. This kind of, (laughs) you know, hold your breath as we go through. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. Isaac's getting a bit smart here. So Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar On top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. So the Bible makes very clear, doesn't it? This was a test of Abraham's faith. The opportunity for him to grow and prove God yet again. We're told in James chapter 1 and verse 3 that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. 
It's as our faith is tested that we learn to stand strong. I'm a bit of a cyclist, some of you know that, and uh, like to get out on my bike when they have the opportunity. But I do know that the muscles you use for cycling don't seem to be muscles you use for anything else. And so when I first started, it was all a little bit of an effort. But gradually, as I got out more regularly and sort of tackled little more difficult rides, actually getting up over those hills seems a whole lot easier than it was before. Actually, as we exercise, as we stretch our muscles, so we get stronger. And it's the same with faith, in a sense. The more we use faith, the more we apply faith, so God causes faith to to grow. And this was a huge test for Abraham, wasn't it? Your only son, Isaac, whom you love, is the one God was asking him to sacrifice. This was no small thing. This was the one through whom God had promised that Abraham would be blessed. It was from Isaac that his offspring was going to come and take possession of the land to fill the earth. There were plenty of reasons, wasn't there, that, Isaac, that Abraham could have said no. God, it doesn't seem quite in line with your character. All those promises you've given me, how are they going to work out? But it's interesting, when we look at Hebrews, it tells us what was going on in Abraham's mind. It says, by faith... Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So Abraham, I don't think, I must check with Andrew, I don't think anybody had been raised from the dead before this time. It was certainly pretty unusual. But Abraham, you know, well, I don't know what you're doing here, God, but if necessary, your promises are stronger to me than actually the physical circumstances that we're going to move through here. I believe that whatever happens, you can honour your promises to me. Even if I obey and kill the one who is fundamental to that, I know that you will fulfill your promises. And it's the foundation of our trust, isn't it? That God is faithful. That God always keeps his promises. I thought I ought to maybe just give you a little pastoral health warning. You with troublesome children, don't try this at home. I don't think it's necessarily uh, the best course of action. And I think I'll probably be pretty confident. So I don't think that would be what God was leading you to do. It's not that we imitate people like Abraham, but we learn from the faith that they show, from the steps that they take. And it was just in the nick of time that God came and provided the lamb, provided the sheep that was going to be slain instead of Isaac. Right from the brink, God makes the lamb available. And as Abraham passed the test, so God restated the promises that he'd made to him earlier. It was an important part of taking hold of the promises for his life that he actually went through this test. There's a quote that I like from Rick Warren in Saddleback Church in California, which says, God is more interested in your character than your comfort. God is more interested in making your life holy than he is in making your life happy. That was pretty tricky for Abraham, wasn't it? I don't think he enjoyed this at all. 
This was really stretching him. But actually we see him here. God working to refine his character. To develop his faith. And I wonder what it means for us when we see things in front of us that seem impossible. Sam last week talked about faith for the impossible. What do we do? Do we rely on our own strategies, our own strength? Or do we look for God to be faithful? Do we look to his power to come through us for us? Is it fear or is it faith? that governs our response to the circumstances of our lives? Are we overcome with fear? I don't know the way forward. Or are we trusting God? And I wonder what it is for you, those areas where you need to see God move in your lives, where faith, if you like, is being stretched. Maybe it's an area of marriage. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. But we can come to God and we say, God, you're so for marriage. You've brought us together. You, bl- you will bless us. You've promised that. And yet it seems so difficult. Where's that job I need? God, you promised to provide for my every need. And yet, at the moment, it seems really difficult. You're my healer. I'm holding on to that, but in the face of cancer and other illnesses, it seems really hard. You say you're for me, but look at my circumstances. I wonder what the promises are that you need to take hold of in faith today. Where do you need to know fresh fruit to keep praying? And I've just really draw from the passage we've looked at, to kind of just four real key steps, I think, to helping us find fresh faith to go on into the different circumstances of life. For Abraham, as we've seen, this, the Bible is clear that this was a test of faith. Do I believe that everything that stretches our faith like this is a test from God? Well, no, I don't believe that everything is. We live in a world that's defied God, a world that's been damaged by sin. It's got people going their own way, where there's still sickness and death and pain and crying. So I don't believe that every time our faith is stretched, it comes from God. But I do believe that every time our faith is tested, God uses an opportunity to develop our faith, to strengthen us, And to bring us to maturity. My first point though was that we need to examine our hearts. Sometimes I think the things that go wrong in our our lives are actually because of our own stupid actions. If I'm wasting money on things, if I'm not managing my spending properly, it won't be a test from God that I don't have any money. If I'm abusing my body, if I'm not eating properly, not getting enough sleep or maybe even not even taking my medication... It's not going to be a surprise if I get sick. If I'm acting selfishly in my marriage, if I'm not honouring my partner, it won't be a surprise if the marriage isn't as happy and fulfilling as it should be. So my first thought is, examine your heart. Don't get caught too caught up in the, is every difficulty you experience a test from God? For me, I, I don't bother going there, to be honest. 
I take the things that comes my way and I try to work through faith in them. But first, I think it's right. Examine our hearts. Make sure we're living rightly. And then prove God. Claim his promises and grow in faith. And so the first key step after that is just to remember the character of God. His intrinsic nature. God is good. He is light. In him there is no darkness. He is for you. He is for you in every circumstance. He's loving. He's kind. He loves you as a father. You're his adopted son or daughter. And the circumstances of life will never cause that not to be true. We may not understand what's going on. We may not feel good about it. We may be confused. We may be hurting. But none of that changes the fundamental fact of who God is. And so in spite of the circumstances, sometimes we hold on to verses, don't we, like Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for God, work together for good. God is good. He is for us. That is his character. And we can be confident in that statement, whatever the circumstances deal for us. Strongly believe that we only see just a little bit of the overall picture. We might like it to go in a certain way. But it's God who sees the whole canvas and works the whole picture out. So then it's important to really just focus on that character of God. But also to remind yourself of his promises. The commitments he makes to his people. Ask and it shall be given to you, it says in Matthew. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the requests we asked of him. I'm the God who will supply all your needs. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. God is the one who instituted marriage. He's the one who hates divorce. These are just some of the promises that God makes to us as his people. They're the promises we need to shout out to God for. Sometimes in our difficult situations, we've said, Lord, you said you would bless me. You said you would prosper me. I need a job. (laughs) Maybe I need it now. Lord, you said you are my healer. Bring your healing to me. But of course, as we said, we see things from one perspective. We don't always know the timing that actually God works out in these things. Hebrews 11, again, talking about Abraham and the other heroes of faith says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Abraham was promised, wasn't he, that his offspring were going to be as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. I think when he died, he was 175. So his son Isaac, he didn't get married until he was 40. Then he married Rebecca, and actually it says she was barren for 20 years. So that was, takes him till 60. 
So then Esau and Jacob, they would have been about 15 when he was 175. So actually, it wasn't actually as many as the stars of the sky, as many as the grains on the seashore. He didn't actually take possession of the land in his lifetime. He just saw it from a distance. And I think with the benefit of the kind of sight that we have now, we can think, yeah, it all worked out for Abraham. But actually, he just saw just a little foretaste of all that was going to happen in his life. He saw it from a distance. And so for me, when I don't see all that I would like to see, when my prayers don't seem to be respond, God doesn't seem to be responding as quickly as I would like, it's never going to stop me pressing into him on the basis of his promises. God, you are my healer. And I'm going to keep asking as your beloved son for that healing to come. And even if I don't see it coming, my faith is still that you are the healer, that you are the one who is for me. And I keep pressing in for that, even if I don't see that. But sometimes my fourth point can come and help me. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us, doesn't he? We can expect and we can listen for that now word of the Holy Spirit. Helping us to understand God's plans, teaching us how to pray in specific circumstances. It was all Abraham actually had to go on was the, the word of God to him. But sometimes as we're praying in different situations, we'll be led to pray in a very specific way, won't we? That God's Holy Spirit will speak, that faith will rise And we're able to pray very specifically for circumstances. Just recently we've moved house. Well, May we moved house. And uh, it seemed to take ages to move house. It took us about a year. But somehow through it all, we felt just the encouragement of God, just the direction of God. And actually we didn't find ourselves racing around looking at other houses. We... I did in a moment of weakness go and look at one other house, I must admit. But, um, but apart from that, actually, now we felt God had given us promises. We held on to those promises. And one year later, God actually did deliver on that. And so it's actually that now word from God can help us to grow in faith, to take hold of what God has for us. On the other hand, sometimes, you know, in the privileged position I have, you're at someone's bedside when... The end is coming near and all of a sudden you might feel just the prompting from God. No, we're not praying for healing anymore. Now we're praying for peace. Now we're praying for comfort. And that now word from God helps us to pray in the right way. That's why I think it's helpful to pray together. Because often it'll be the person that you're praying with who will help you to find the way through. For me that often works. So what do we conclude? How do we summarise all this? How do we respond when it feels like faith is being tested? Let's remember Abraham, just such a great man of faith. It was such a hard road that he trod with Isaac on that path up the hill. But he trusted God. He stepped out in obedience based on God's character and his conviction that Whatever the circumstances, God would do what he had promised. He couldn't really see how it was going to work, but he stepped out in faith. And we know, as we've just read, didn't we, that God intervened dramatically. 
for us there are many challenges in life, aren't there? But we need to remember who we are. We need to remember God's promises to us. His unchanging character, what he says about us, that actually that is more true, more reliable, more dependable than anything else we can see in this world. We need to be listening, don't we, for the Holy Spirit's direction to find faith, to pray well, to pray according to God's will into the circumstances of our life. So I hope it's a little provoking today. You may be facing really difficult situations. I think we'll get the guys maybe just to... Um, we're more or less out of time, but we will just, um, just like us just to respond just a little bit. I know that for many of you, it feels like faith is being tested at the moment. The circumstances of your life are stretching in different areas. God, what are you doing here? And the band's going to pray, and I just, just want to talk us through, really, just to help us respond, to help us to call out to God just for fresh faith for the circumstances that we face. Lord, if you don't show up, if you don't come through for me, I don't know what's going to happen. In a way, you know, it's not a test of faith. It's not actually faith at all. If we can see the solution, it's when actually God comes through. God brings us solutions that we don't see. So why don't you please uh, stand for a moment. We'll just be a few more minutes, and then we'll just uh, pray after that. So can you just do something? Yeah, just gently. So first of all, just, uh, just think about your life. Are there areas where you feel faith is being tested? Where it's hard to see how God's promises are working out? Where it's hard to have faith for the future. Maybe there's areas where you've been asking for breakthrough and breakthrough doesn't seem to have come. But now let's think about who God is. Let's remember his character. That he is the one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yet he's also the one we call father remember that the finished work of Jesus has overcome the evil one and all his schemes that your God is for you in every circumstance that he's working all things together for good in your life even when you can't see it or fathom it out Remember his promises to bless you, to do you good, that he is for you, that he is the healer, your provider, that he loves your unsafe partner more than you do, that he is for marriage and for your marriage. Ask him now just to guide you, to speak to you, to remind you of his promises for you and your situation. 
his promises that stir up faith. To have faith to pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, that your hand is to bless us and to do us good in every situation of life, Lord God. And Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes it seems so painful. And yet, Lord, we choose. We choose this morning again to trust you, Lord God to believe what you say about us, Lord God, that we are your chosen sons and daughters, that you are our Father who is for us in every situation. Lord, in all circumstances, you work things together for good for those who love you. And Father, we say we don't understand it always, but we choose to trust you again this morning. We choose to put our faith in you, Lord, and to stand on that. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love extended to us. Thank you for Jesus, who makes it all possible that we stand as your sons and daughters loved by you. Thank you, Lord God, for your working in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And finally, I'm just reminded that that sacrifice of Isaac is a picture, actually, of Jesus' sacrifice for us. In that case, though, there was no lamb. God allowed his son to die on the cross that we might come into relationship with the Father. That the penalty for all that we've done wrong will be put on him And through that, God opens up for us just entrance into his presence, forgiveness, peace and joy. And it may be for some people, that's a whole new concept this morning. Maybe God is speaking to you today, saying, actually, no, I need you to be taking steps to find faith for the first time that Jesus is the son of God who died for you. And maybe if that's you, then you might like to just come to the front as we end and um, we can talk to you about that a little bit more. But the rest of you, thank you so much for being with us today. Pray that you will go in faith and that each day of this week ahead will be living by faith for each one of you. Amen and thank you. Enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the coffee.